This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have a very exciting episode. We're going to talk about Peridot, which is the birthstone for August. We're going to talk about what savvy gem collectors are investing in. We're going to talk about that beautiful black gemstone called Jet. Maybe learn something about that. We're going to talk about the colors of sapphires. Um, And also, we're going to do a BLM overview for you folks that are rock hounding um, or just getting into rock hounding. And maybe you have some questions about what can I collect in the United States on the Bureau of Land Management sites because maybe it's closed. Uh, I've got a couple human interest stories and a couple fossil stories as well. So before we get into it, we just want to thank you for supporting Radical Rocks and our educational work. Um, As you've seen in our interviews, we uh, like to get the community involved and young young folks involved and keeping rock hounding and lapidary and just the whole thing alive. You can see our um, blog. We will leave a copy of the address in the description here at the podcast at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And we have all our links there for all the social media videos on YouTube, uh, social media groups that are growing, and also the blogs, of course. And then you have almost 60 podcasts of timeless information on rocks and things of this sort. So let's get right into it. Um, For starters, uh, let's get into what these savvy collectors are gravitating toward in the peakmagazine.com. Dot .sg under savvy collectors are gravitating toward lesser known gemstones. You can see that um, the typical gemstones that these high dollar high end gem collectors collect are rubies, emeralds, diamonds and sapphires. Those are just the most appealing. Um, the article was written on August the 9th by uh, Adeline Wong if you want to check that out, but they have some beautiful pictures that um it cycles through of some of these beautiful gemstones that are very collectible, such as red burl, so which is like an emerald family, and it is really striking. Also, alexandrite, which comes in many different colors, but the crimson green color changing um, crystal burl is very popular and has auctioned uh, for a 4.78 carat um, grandal. Grandorite selling at the Phillips auction for $52,000 um, U.S. Uh, red Burl, yeah, there's some beautiful gems here. Uh, also, this uh, Grand, let's see if I say it right, it's called uh, Grand Iterite. So it is an Iterite. It is a real dark, beautiful, dark, uh, greenish, um, almost kind of an aqua blue really neat. That's the one that sold for 52000 It was a 10.8 carat. Of course, Tanzanite is another one of those rare gems that you might want to collect, um, which is pretty obtainable. But to find one that has not been heat treated and is really super blue, um, the super indigo blue Tanzanites are very, very expensive, especially in the higher carats and um, considered a good investment. Another um, Tourmaline, a blue tourmalines, neon blue varieties are very sought after. Uh, ones from Singapore and other countries as well. 
are getting to be super collectible. So if you're looking at um, doing that, you know, uh, you can just go for the investment, but also going for a color that appeals to you or a stone that appeals to you can be really good. All right, next, um, let's look at some fossils here. I got some pretty cool stories. What about a ant called the hell ant? They found a petrified hell ant, and what is really unusual about this ant, if you've ever seen the ants of today, their jaws are horizontal, and then they pinch together, um, just like as if you hold your, your two fingers out and pinch together. But the hell ant actually had two large vertical um, curved teeth uh, at the bottom and one in, in the top, and it would actually wrap around its prey and capture it um, like a noose, kind of, just clamping it. And this ant is the very first time they've caught it, very rare, in, found in a piece of petrified amber. They found that it actually had caught a little baby cockroach, which this also is now extinct. And um, let's see if I can remember where this was found. This, uh, I believe, was found... Uh, I don't remember where it was found. Let's see here. The article is at s y f y dot com, and it says the creaceous hell ant snags a baby cockroach in this rare chunk of petrified amber. And they have pictures here. They go into the description of the jaws and uh, all the details of this ant, how it ate. Uh, it's quite quite a, a good article and um, you can spend a little bit of time on it so look that up if you're interested in these type of fossils these type of uh, creatures that are now uh, no longer found on planet earth one more dinosaur uh, one that popped up here was the scientists have discovered the first evidence of deadly cancer in a dinosaur this uh, is learning english dot voanews.com and it, the article was written on August the 9th and it says scientists discover first evidence of deadly cancer in a dinosaur they have the bone here which um, it's a fossilized fibula leg bone of this um, center centrosaurus dinosaur and they thought it was a healing fracture but upon more investigation here this was found in Canada uh, discovered in Alberta in 1989, and um, it was a four-legged plant-eating dinosaur that was about six meters long, and it had this very malformed um, leg, which they found out now that this looks like it was an aggressive bone cancer called osteocoma, or coma, osteocoma, and this is something that humans have today, and it's quite deadly. There's some 3.4 um, uh, cases per million people per year and um, the cancer makes it strikes children and young adults and can spread through bones and other organs so this is really um, kind of a first discovery here sorry about my dog in the background nothing stops him from barking ever um, next a little human interest story there's a popular rock show at the uh, county fairgrounds and this is august 9th and it showed up in the canbynowpod.com 
um, August 9th by Tyler Franke. And um, unfortunately, their show has been canceled. And the group here is um, the Clack, Clackamitis, and that's in Oregon. And they are looking to um, raise funds here. It looks like they are having a little bit of a tough time here. And um, the governor of Oregon has shut down all the events there and is just killing, killing businesses and killing fine organizations like this that really are a benefit to the community. So it's really sad to see that the uh, Clackamita Mineral and Gym Club is uh, canceled this year, and it really seems to be kind of hurting them. So they have a Facebook page as well. It's spelled C-L-A-C-K-A-M-E-T-T-E, if you want to look that up. All right, next we have the Western Nevada College begins their classes. So while some states are closing down, other ones are opening up August the 31st. And the reason I mention this is they are they do have a very good geology class there, and uh, they are open. You can find that on the NevadaAppeal.com, and um, that will pop up if you look up uh, Western Nevada College Begins Fall Classes August 31st, and there's a section in there about their geology club. Now... If you're into collecting diamonds, then you no doubt are aware of the craters of the Diamond State Park. Uh, the good news is they are open. They do have some um, things, safety uh, things in place, but you can still collect there, according to the article that is at uh, hotsr.com. And that was written August the 9th. It says, amid change, some things remain the same at Crater of the Diamonds. So you can still go there. And collect those diamonds. Now I got, uh, before we get into, I think the keynote would probably be about the rock collecting or rock hounding in the United States on the Bureau of Land Management property, which is a huge amount of property, and how you can go about doing that. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to talk about jet. Now jet is a beautiful black mineral and I had heard about it all my life, but I never really knew much about it. Now, in the Yorkshire Post, um, which, of course, is going to be in England, uh, an article came out. Let's see if I can find the date here. I had to read through a lot of um, stuff that I didn't think would be too interesting to you, but it was written by Sarah Friedman on August the 8th, and the title is How Oldest Jet Shop in Whitby is Celebrating Britain's Famous Gemstone. So it's their 160th anniversary, and they go into talking about how this has really been used for, for the Fabergé company. Um, you've heard of the Fabergé egg. These are some of the very collectible Fabergé eggs incorporate jet, uh, jet black, and in, they are, the egg is actually made out of this beautiful black stone that's encrusted in diamonds and um, different things like this, just fabulous, right? But as they go on to talk about the jet, um, it is very interesting where it's found and what it actually is. I always thought it was, uh, you know, just kind of a black, maybe like uh, onyx or something like that. But apparently, this is a petrified um, uh, tree. It is. Let's see. It's called Fossilized Monkey Puzzle Tree. And 
it is very rare. What they do is they have to go and wait for storms, and then they comb the beaches, and they find this stuff. And beachcombers have supplied the jet, and it's a growing demand, so the cost of this gemstone is really going up. Uh, again, you know, this fossilized monkey puzzle trees, these uh, have not been, uh, there's not a lot of them, and that was a long time ago. They find it on the Yorkshire coast. Uh, it's under the sea. These deposits are in the Sands End, and uh, this was a huge uh, industry around the turn of the 19th century, but it was uh, dangerous and it was made illegal, so now all they have to do is, all they can do is wait for uh, when one of these seams that contains this to wash up on the shore and then they are able to buy it. So um, there's some 200 workshops that make and sell jewelry that incorporates this jet gemstone. So I thought that was really interesting, uh, something you can check out if you want. Now, August is the birthstone of Peridot. Um, Peridot is uh, a beautiful green gemstone. And, um, of course, it can be found all, all over the world. Um, some popular ones are made into beautiful jewelry. If you go to lifestylesasia.com, there's an article here about five Peridot jewelry pieces that capture the green glory of the August birthstone. Uh, it was written on August the 7th by Pamela uh, Camby. And she goes on to talk to show some beautiful things, examples of these stones. Um, she says that some of the most beautiful ones, called the Evening Emerald, is the name for the peridot. It's mined from San Carlos Reservation in Arizona, um, America, in United States of America. But some of the larger gemstones come from the Red Sea island of Zambarga, Bargada, and also Pakistan, Africa, China and uh, Myanmar. So I know also Hawaii has uh, had uh, Peridot in the past, um, which is very hard to find but, uh, nowadays, but at one time it was being uh, collected and found in a, in a pretty good size. Now another article called uh, prestigeonline.com has an article on Peridot and it says, you know, where where are they used? And it is actually Egypt's national gem. Uh, Peridot is steeped in the country's legends. It says that uh, Pharaoh Tutankhamun wore the pennant of the gemstone, while many uh, historians also believe Cleopatra's emeralds were actually Peridot's. The Peridot is prominent in Christianity. It's represented as chrysolite, they say, in the Bible. Um, and they theorize that Aaron's brother of Moses wore Peridot on his breastplate. I don't know. If it says chrysolite, I think it was probably chrysolite, but that's what they say here. Um, Peridot's also known for uh, all these healing properties and things like that, so people like it for those reasons. But it's very precious um, amongst many gems um, because it is not created uh, in the Earth's crust. It's created deep in the mantle, and um, so it is called the Gem of the Sun, because of this, you know, interesting way. Also, it's been found on meteorites, so it is uh, thought to be, you know, kind of mystical because of that. Um, it is green because it has fine traces of iron, 
And the deeper and darker the shade of the green, the more valuable that the peridot is. So finding large, perfect, dark green peridot crystals is uh, obviously much more valuable than a lower quality kind of uh, a lighter green or olive kind of green. So check that out. Um, rough cut. Let's talk about, right before we get into the BLM, let's talk about uh, the different colors of sapphire. This is the Bangkok Post. It, the article's called Rough Cut. It will, article's published on August the 7th, and uh, the writer was Noko. And they have some beautiful examples of sapphires here. And they say, you know, there's a rivalry between red and blue corundum. So that means rubies, red, and sapphires, blue. But also, you know, there is, um, there's purple sapphires, which have been found up in uh, the Mount Baldy area of Southern California in, uh, in uh, I believe, I don't know if that's L.A. County. I think that's, that is L.A. County uh, area, I believe. And um, there are very few of them that are gym, uh, you know, gym quality there. They're, they're very small, but they're pretty. And uh, you probably could could do something with them, but some of the colors that are also very popular are the yellow sapphires. So some of these rings are being designed with the yellow and uh, blue sapphire, or even a combination with the yellow and the blue and the red. So uh, quite beautiful. They have some purple um, here also from the the Sri Lanka sapphire, purple and blue sapphires. Really neat. Um, so the different minerals are what uh, influence the stones to their colors, and uh, the article doesn't really go into a lot of detail there, but uh, it is something to think about having a variety of these different colors and knowing that uh, Sri Lanka has been a big producer of these stones, and that is where you're probably going to find the best um, value for buying them today. Now I want to talk about our keynote address um, rock hounding on the BLM. So I was talking to a friend of mine and they were told, you know, oh, I don't know if you can rock hound on the BLM land, but uh, on their website, blm.gov, uh, basic, backslash, basic, backslash, rock hounding, it says that the rock hounding of reasonable amounts of mineral specimens, rocks, semi precious gems, petrified wood, invertebrate fossils, um, like shellfish, corals, uh, trilobites, crinoids, things like that, um, uh, can be collected. Now, they're saying that if you collect it, you cannot sell it or barter it. Um, now, I don't know when that law kicked in, because there's a lot of old collected material that probably um, would qualify before um, whenever this law was changed. So that would be something to look at. I think that they made those laws about not buying and selling probably um, probably in the 80s. I don't know, but that would be an interesting thing to check out. But they have rock hounding information. You can look at the collecting limits, collecting minerals, collecting artifacts and fossils, locations. They even have a rock hounding brochure. Now, they say, you know, when you go, there's certain things you don't want to damage. Of course, you know, if you see uh, petroglyphics or artifacts, you're not supposed to remove anything that's uh, Native American 
um, like that. Also, um, you know, just being clean, uh, they say tread lightly and leave no trace. So you're supposed to backfill your holes and things like that. But you can collect minerals, semi-precious gemstones uh, without any charge, uh, without any permit, as long as the specimens are used for personal use. They're not collected for commercial purposes or bartered to commercial dealers. So you can collect reasonable amounts of specimen. In Arizona, BLM sets reasonable limits for personal use up to 25 pounds per day plus one piece um, with a total limit of 250 pounds per year. So um, I guess if you found a piece that was 250 pounds, that would be it for the year. These limits are for mineral specimens, common invertebrate uh, fossils, semi-precious gemstones, other rock, and petrified wood. Um, it says a group of people cannot pool their yearly allotment to collect a piece larger. Um, a group of people does not pool. This is how it's written. Does not pool their yearly allotment to collect a piece larger than 250 pounds of either rock-hounding specimens or petrified wood. Collection does not occur in developed uh, recreational sites or areas unless designated as rock hounding area by the BLM. Collection is not prohibited or restricted or posted. Collection, excavation, or removal are not aided with motorized mechanical devices including heavy equipment or explosives. Metal detectors are acceptable with the exception of the San Pedro Riparian National Conservation Area. No undue unnecessary degradation of, degradation of public lands occurs during the removal of rock, minerals, or gemstones. For pieces of petrified wood heavier than 250 pounds or situation not covered here, please contact your local BLM office. If you wish to obtain more than 250 pounds of rock per year, please visit the local BLM to arrange to purchase it. So... If you found a fabulous piece, um, apparently there's a way you can purchase it. So I've heard some states have permits for people to collect larger amounts and actually be able to resell it. So you will have to investigate on that. But at least for yourself, that's okay. Um, they talk about rocks and minerals. Um, they talk about Arizona. Examples of Arizona are... Uh, fire agates, jasper, onyx, and Apache tears. They talk about fossilized wood. They talk about collecting fossils and artifacts. Uh, Indian other historical artifacts. You may not collect any artifact, ancient or historical, on public lands. This includes arrowheads or flakes, pottery or pot shreds, mats, rock art, old bottles, pieces of equipment, and buildings. These items are part of the national heritage, and scientists are still learning much from them. Human burial remains on both public and private land are protected by federal and state law from being collected. Um, Invertebrate dinosaurs, so, such as mammals, sh sharks, and fish, or any animal with a skeletal structure, structure you cannot collect these fossils. So I think there is some areas where you can collect fish, but you'll have to to research that. Um, uh, animals you can collect is uh, anamites, um, trilobites, plant fossils, leaf impressions, cones, and such. Petrified wood up to 25 pounds a day, plus
plus one piece, but no more than 250 pounds in any calendar year. Cannot be resold or traded. Um, there are permits. It talks about popular rock hounding locations. They give uh, the Arizona Virgin River Recreation Area, the Kingman office, Burrow Creek uh, in Arizona near Wickenburg, uh, Safford Field office in the Black Hills area, Round Mountain area, and Yuma area. So Arizona seems to be the rock hounding uh, favorite here, but also there's places all over that you can go to. Um, we'll take a look at the collecting limits and see if there's anything more. It seems like it's pretty repetitive. These just click on the same link here. So those are your basic rules from the BLM. They are subject to change. Um, this does seem to kind of uh, talk about Arizona a lot, so uh, be sure you check all the different office uh, areas where you can rock collect on BLM land. Make sure that they are open at that locality and have fun. So with that, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Please share with your friends and help keep rock hounding alive. And remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify. <laughs>